Chapter Eight of the Complete Book of Cheese. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. The Complete Book of Cheese by Robert Carlton Brown. Chapter Eight: Pizzas, Blintzes, Pastes, Cheesecakes, etc. No matter how big or hungry your family, you can always appease them with pizza. Pizza, the tomato pie of Sicily. Dough. One package yeast, dissolved in warm water. Two cups sifted flour. One teaspoon salt. Two tablespoons olive oil. Make dough of this. Knead twelve to twenty minutes. Pat into a ball, cover it tight and let stand three hours in warm place until twice the size. Tomato paste. Three tablespoons olive oil. Two large onions, sliced thin. One can Italian tomato paste. Eight to ten anchovy fillets cut small. Half a teaspoon of oregano. Salt. Crushed chili pepper. Two and a half cups water. In the oil fry onion tender, but not too brown. Stir in tomato paste and keep stirring three or four minutes. Season, pour water over, and simmer slowly twenty-five to thirty minutes. Add anchovies when sauce is done. Cheese. Half cup grated Italian, parmesan, romano or pecorino, depending on your pocketbook. Procure a low, wide and handsome tin pizza pan, or reasonable substitute and grease well before spreading the well-raised dough half to three-quarters of an inch thick. Poke your finger-tips haphazardly into the dough to make marks that will catch the sauce when you pour it on generously. Shake on parmesan or parmesan-type cheese and bake in hot oven half an hour, then quarter of an hour more at lower heat until the pizza is golden brown. Cut in wedges like any other pie and serve. The proper pans come all tin and a yard wide, down to regular apple pie size, but twelve-inch pans are the most popular. Miniature pizzas Miniature pizzas are split English muffins rubbed with garlic or onion and brushed with olive oil. Cover with tomato sauce and a slice of mozzarella cheese, anchovy, oregano and grated parmesan, and heat eight minutes. Italian Swiss Scalopini one pound paper-thin veal cutlets, half cup flour, half cup grated Swiss and Parmesan mixed, one egg yolk lightly beaten with water, butter, salt, paprika. Moisten veal with egg and roll in flour mixed with cheese. Quickly brown, lower flame and cook four to five minutes till tender. Dust with paprika and salt. Neapolitan Baked Lasagna or stuffed noodles. One pound lasagna, or other wide noodles. One and a half cups cooked thick tomato sauce with meat. Half a pound ricotta or cottage cheese. One pound mozzarella or American cheddar. Quarter pound grated parmesan, romano or pecorino. Salt. Pepper, preferably crushed red pods. A shaker filled with grated parmesan or reasonable substitute. 
Cook wide or broad noodles 15 to 20 minutes in rapidly boiling salted water until tender but not soft, and drain. Pour half a cup of tomato sauce in baking dish or pan. Cover with about half of the noodles. Sprinkle with grated parmesan, a layer of sauce, a layer of mozzarella, and dabs of ricotta. Continue in this fashion, alternating layers and seasoning each, ending with a final spread of sauce, parmesan, and red pepper. Bake firm in moderate oven about fifteen minutes, and serve in wedges like pizza with canisters of grated parmesan, crushed red pepper pods, and more of the sauce to taste. Little Hats Capelletti Freshly made and still moist capelletti, little hats, contrived out of tasty paste, may be had in any little Italy macaroni shop. These may be stuffed sensationally in four different flavours with only two cheeses. Brown slices of chicken and ham separately in butter. Mince each very fine and divide in half to make four mixtures in equal amounts. Season these with salt, pepper, and nutmeg, and a binding of two parts egg yolk to one part egg white. With these meat mixtures you can make four different flavoured fillings. Ham and mozzarella chicken, and mozzarella ham and ricotta chicken, and ricotta. Fill the little hats alternately, so you'll have the same number of each different kind. Pinch edges tight together to keep the stuffings in, while boiling fast for five minutes in chicken broth, or salted water, if you must. Since these capelletti are only a pleasing form and shape of ravioli, they are served in the same way, on hot plates, with plain tomato sauce, and parmesan or reasonable substitute. If we count this final seasoning as an ingredient, this makes three cheeses, so that each of half a dozen taste buds can be getting individual sensations without letting the others know what it's doing. Dauphiny Ravioli This French variant of the famous Italian pockets of pastry follows the capelletti pattern, with any fresh goat cheese and gruyere melted with butter and minced parsley and boiled in chicken broth. Italian fritters Quarter of a cup flour Two tablespoons sugar Quarter pound fresh ricotta Two eggs beaten Half cup shredded mozzarella Rind of half lemon grated Three tablespoons brandy Salt Stir and mix well together in the order given and let stand one hour or more to thicken the batter so it will hold its shape while cooking. Shape batter like walnuts, and hold one at a time in the bowl of a long-handled spoon dipped for ten seconds in boiling hot oil. Fritter the walnuts so, and serve at once with powdered sugar. To make fascinating cheese croquettes, mix several contrasting cheeses in this batter. Italian asparagus and cheese this gives great scope for contrasting cheeses in one and the same dish. In a shallow baking pan put a foundation layer of grated cheddar and a little butter. Cover with a layer of tender parts of asparagus, lightly salted. Next, a layer of grated gruyere with a bit of butter and another of asparagus. From here you can go as far as you like with varied layers of melting cheeses alternating with asparagus 
until you come to the top, where you add two more kinds of cheese, a mixture of powdered parmesan with sapsago, to give the new-mown hay scent. Garlic on cheese For one sandwich, prepare thirty or forty garlic cloves by removing skins and frying out the fierce pungence in smoking olive oil. They skip in the hot pan like Mexican jumping beans. Toast one side of a thickish slice of bread. Put this side down on a grilling pan. Cover it with a slice of imported Swiss Emmentaler or Gruyere of about the same size, shape and thickness. Stick the cooked garlic cloves, while still blistering hot, in a close pattern into the cheese, and brown for a minute under the grill. Salt lightly and dash with paprika for the colour. Recipe by Bob Brown in Merle Armitage's collection Fit for a King. Spaniards call garlic cloves teeth. Englishmen call them toes. It was cheese and garlic together that inspired Shakespeare to Hotspur's declaration in King Henry the Fourth, I had rather live with cheese and garlic in a windmill far than feed on cates and have him talk to me in any summer-house in Christendom. Some people can take a mere soupçon of the stuff, while others can down it by the soup-spoon, so we feel it necessary in reprinting our recipe to point to the warning of another early English writer. Garlic is very dangerous to young children, fine women, and hot young men. Blintzes. This snow-white member of the Crepe Suzette sorority is the most popular deb in New York's fancy cheese dishes set. Almost unknown here a decade or two ago, it has joined Blinis, Kreplach and Cheeseburgers as a quick and sustaining lunch for office workers. Two eggs, one cup water, one cup sifted flour, salt, cooking oil, half pound cottage cheese, two tablespoons butter, two cups sour cream. Beat one egg light, and make a batter with the water, flour, and salt to taste. Heat a well-greased small frying pan, and make little pancakes with two tablespoons of batter each. Cook the cakes over low heat and on one side only. Slide each cake off on a white cloth, with the cooked side down. While these are cooling, make the blintz filling by beating together the second egg, cottage cheese and butter. Spread each pancake thickly with the mixture, and roll or make into little pockets or envelopes, with the end tucked in to hold the filling. Cook in foil till golden brown, and serve at once with sufficient sour cream to smother them. Vatrushki Russia seems to have been the cradle of all sorts of blinis and blintzes, and perhaps the first of them to be made was vatrushki, a variant of the blintzes above. The chief difference is that rounds of puff paste dough are used instead of the hot cakes. One teaspoon of sugar is added to the cottage cheese filling, and the sour cream, half a cup, is mixed into this instead of being served with it. Little cups filled with this mix are made by pinching the edges of the dough together. The tops are brushed with egg yolk and baked in a brisk oven. 
Cottage Cheese Pancakes 1 cup prepared pancake 4 tablespoons top milk or light cream 1 teaspoon salt 4 eggs, well beaten 1 tablespoon sugar 2 cups cottage cheese put through ricer Mix batter and stir in cheese last until smooth. Cheese Waffles 2 cups prepared waffle flour 3 egg yolks lightly beaten quarter cup melted butter 3 quarters cup grated sharp cheddar 3 egg whites beaten stiff Stir up a smooth waffle batter of the first four ingredients and fold in egg whites last. Today you can get imported canned Holland cheese waffles to heat quickly and serve. Napkin dumpling. One pound cottage cheese, one eighth pound butter softened, three eggs beaten, three quarters of a cup farina, half teaspoon salt, cinnamon and brown sugar. Mix together all ingredients except the cinnamon and sugar to form a ball. Moisten a linen napkin with cold water and tie the ball of dough in it. Simmer 40 to 50 minutes in salted boiling water, remove from napkin, sprinkle well with cinnamon and brown sugar, and serve. This is on the style of Hungarian potato and other succulent dumplings, and may be served with goulash or as a meal in itself. Butter and Cheese Where fish is scant and fruit of trees, supply that want with butter and cheese. Thomas Tusser in The Last Remedy Butter and cheese are mixed together in equal parts for cheese butter. Serbia has a cheese called butter that more or less matches Turkey's durak, of which butter is an indispensable ingredient and French Canquayotte is based on sour milk simmered with butter. The English have a cheese called margarine made with the butter substitute. In Westphalia there are no two schools of thought about whether it is better to eat butter with cheese or not, for in Westphalia sour milk cheese, butter is mixed in as part of the process of making. The Arabs press curds and butter together to store in vats and the Scots have crowdy or cruddy butter. Buttermilk Cheese The value of buttermilk is stressed in an extravagant old Hindu proverb. A man may live without bread, but without buttermilk he dies. Cheese was made before butter, being the earliest form of dairy manufacturing, so buttermilk cheese came well after plain milk cheese, even after whey cheese. It is very tasty and a natural with potato salad. The curd is salted after draining and sold in small parchment packages. German leather cheese has buttermilk mixed with the plain. The Danes make their appetitost with sour buttermilk. Ricotta Romano, for a novelty, is made of sheep buttermilk. Cottage cheese in America, cottage cheese is also called pot, dutch, and smear case. It is the easiest and quickest to make of all cheeses by simply letting milk sour or adding buttermilk to curdle it, then stand a while on the back of the kitchen stove, since it is homemade as a rule. It is drained in a bag of cheesecloth and may be eaten the same day, 
usually salted. The pilgrims brought along the following two tried and true recipes from Old England, and both are still in use and good repute. Cottage cheese number one. Let milk sour until clotted. Pour boiling water over and it will immediately curd. Stir well and pour into a cullender. Pour a little cold water on the curd, salt it and break it up attractively for serving. Cottage cheese number two. A very rich and tasty variety is made of equal parts whole milk and buttermilk, heated together to just under the boiling point. Pour into a linen bag and let drain until next day. Then remove, salt to taste, and add a bit of butter or cream to make a smooth, creamy consistency, and pat into balls the size of a Seville orange. Cream Cheese In England there are three distinct manners of making cream cheese. 1. Fresh milk, strained and lightly drained. 2. Scalded cream, dried and drained dry, like Devonshire. 3. Rennet curd, ripened, with thin, edible rind or none, packaged in small blocks or miniature bricks by dairy companies, as in the U.S., Philadelphia cream cheese. American cream cheeses follow the English pattern, being named from their region or established brands owned by Breakstone, Borden, Kraft, Shefford, etc. Cream cheese such as the first listed above is easier to make than cottage cheese or any other. Technically, in fact, it is not a cheese, but the dried curd of milk, and is often called virginal. Fresh milk is simply strained through muslin in a perforated box, through which the whey and extra moisture drains away for three or four days, leaving a residue as firm as fresh butter. In America, where we mix cream cheese with everything, a popular assortment of twelve sold in New York bears these ingredients and names. Chives, cherry, garden, caviar, lax, pimiento, olive and pimiento, pineapple, relish, scallion, strawberry, and triple-decker of relish, pimiento, and cream in layers. In Italy there is stracchino cream, in Sweden chantilly. Finally, to come to France, la foncée, or fromage de peau, a cream also known around the world as crème d'isigny, double crème, fromage à la crème de Gien, peau de crème Saint-Gervais, etc., etc. The French go even farther by eating thick, fresh cream with chevreton du Beaujolais and fromage blanc, in the style that adds à la crème to their already glorified names. The English came along with snow cream cheese that is more of a dessert, similar to Italian cream cheese. We'd like to have a cheese ice cream to contrast with two sweet ones. Attempts at this have been made, both here and in England. Scottish Caledonian cream came closest. We have frozen cheese with fruit, to be sure, but no true cheese ice cream as yet, though some cream cheeses seem especially suitable. The farmer's daughter hath soft brown hair, 
butter and eggs and a pound of cheese, and I met with a ballad I can't say where, that wholly consisted of lines like these, butter and eggs and a pound of cheese. In this parody by Calverley, the farmer's daughter, the ingredients suggest cheesecake dating back to 1381 in England. From that year, Kettner, in his Book of the Table, quotes this recipe. Take cream of almonds or of cow milk, and beat them well together, and make small coffins, that is, cases of pastry, and do it, put it, therein, and do, put, thereto, sugar and good powders. Or take good fat cheese and eggs, and make them of divers colours, green, red, or yellow, and bake them, or serve them forth. This primitive receipt grew up into Richmond Maids of Honour, that caused Kettner to wax poetic with, At Richmond we are permitted to touch with our lips a countless number of these maids, light and airy as the airy fairy Lillian. What more can the finest poetry achieve in quickening the things of earth into tokens and foretastes of heaven, with glimpses of higher life? and ethereal worlds. Cheesecakes Coronation Cheesecake The Oxford Dictionary defines cheesecake as a tartlet filled with sweet curds, etc. This shows that the cheese is the main thing, and the and-so-forth just a matter of taste. We are delighted to record that the Lord Mayor of London picked traditional cheese tarts, the maids of honour mentioned earlier in this section, as the coronation dessert with which to regale the second Queen Elizabeth at the city luncheon in Guildhall. This is most fitting, since these tarts were named after the maids of honour at the court of the first Queen Elizabeth. The original recipe is said to have sold for a thousand pounds. These Richmond maids of honour had the usual cheesecake ingredients, butter and eggs and pounds of cheese, but what made the subtle flavour? Nutmeg, brandy, lemon, orange flower water, or all four? More than two thousand years before this land of coronation cheesecake, the Greeks had a word for it, several, in fact. Apician cheesecake, Aristoxenian, and Philoxenian among them. Then the Romans took it over, and we read from an epistle of the period, Thirty times in this one year, Carinus, while you have been arranging to make your will, have I sent you cheesecakes dripping with Hyblaean thyme, celestial honey such as that of Mount Hymettus, we still get from Greece. Plato mentioned cheesecake, and a town near Thebes was named for it before Christ was born, at a time when cheesecakes were widely known as dainty food for mortal man. Today cheesecakes come in a half-dozen popular styles, of which the ones flavoured with fresh pineapple are the most popular in New York. But buyers delight in every sort, including the 100% American type called cheese pies. Indeed, there seems to be no dividing line between cheesecakes and cheese pies. While most of them are sweet, 
Some are made piquant with pimientos and olives. We offer a favourite of ours, made from popcorn-style pot cheese put through a sieve. Pineapple Cheesecake Two and a half pounds sieved pot cheese. One inch piece vanilla bean. Quarter pound sweet butter, melted. Half a small box graham crackers crushed fine. Four eggs. Two cups sugar. One small can crushed pineapple, drained. Two cups milk. One third cup flour. In a big bowl, mix everything except the graham crackers and pineapple in the order given above. Butter a square pyrex pan and put in the graham cracker dust to make a crust. Cover this evenly with the pineapple and pour in the cheese custard mixture. Bake one hour in a quiet oven, as the English used to say for a moderate one, and when done, set aside for twelve hours before eating. Because of the time and labour involved, maybe you had better buy your cheesecakes, even though some of the truly fine ones cost a dime a bite, especially the pedigreed Jewish-American ones in Manhattan. Rubens and Lindy's are two leaders at about five dollars a cake. Some are fruited with cherries or strawberries. Cheese Custard Four eggs, slightly beaten. Half a teaspoon salt. One cup milk. A dash of pepper or paprika. Three tablespoons melted butter. A few drops of onion juice, if desired. Four tablespoons grated Swiss, imported. Mix all together. Set in moulds in pan of hot water, and bake until brown. Open-faced cheese pie Three eggs, one cup sugar, two pounds soft smear case. Whip everything together and fill two pie crusts. Bake without any upper crust. The Apple Pie Affinity Hot apple pie was always accompanied with cheese in New England, even as every slice of apple pie in Wisconsin has cheese for a sidekick, according to law. Pioneer hot pies were baked in brick ovens, and flavoured with nutmeg, cinnamon, and rose geranium. The cheese was cheddar, but today all sorts of pie and cheese combinations are common, such as banana pie and gorgonzola. Mints with Danish blue, pumpkin with cream cheese, peach pie with hable, and even a green dusting of sapsago over raisin pie. Apple pie au gratin, thickly grated over with parmesan, cacciocavallo, or sapsago, is something special when served with black coffee. Cider, too, or applejack is a natural accompaniment to any dessert of apple with its cheese. Apple pie adorned Apple pie is adorned with cream and cheese by pressing cream cheese through a ricer and folding in plenty of double cream, beaten thick and salted a little. Put the mixture in a pastry tube and decorate top of pie in fanciful fashion. Apple pie a la cheese. Lay a slice of melting cheese on top of apple or any fruit or berry pie, 
and melt under broiler two to three minutes. Cheese crusty apple pie. In making an apple pie, roll out the top crust and sprinkle with sharp cheddar, grated. Dot with butter and bake golden brown. Flan au fromage. To make this Franche Comte tart of crisp paste, simply mix coarsely grated gruyere with beaten egg. Fill the tart cases and bake. For any cheese pastry or fruit and custard pie crusts, work in tasty shredded sharp cheddar in the ratio of one to four parts of flour. Christmas Cake Sandwiches A traditional Christmas carol begs for a little bit of spice cake, a little bit of cheese, a glass of cold water, a penny, if you please. For a festive handout, cut the spice cake or fruit cake in slices and sandwich them with slices of tasty cheese between. To maintain traditional Christmas cheer for the elders, serve apple pie with cheese and applejack. Angelic Camembert One ripe camembert imported One cup Anjou dry white wine Half pound sweet butter softened Two tablespoons finely grated toast crumbs Lightly scrape all crusty skin from the camembert and when its creamy interior stands revealed put it in a small round covered dish Pour in the wine Cover tightly so no bouquet or aroma can possibly escape, and let stand overnight. When ready to serve, drain off and discard any wine left. Dry the cheese and mash with the sweet butter into an angelic paste. Reshape in original camembert form, dust thickly with the crumbs, and there you are. Such a delicate dessert is a favourite with the ladies, since some of them find a prime camembert a bit too strong if taken straight. Although A. W. Fulton's observation in For Men Only is going out of date, it is nonetheless amusing. Quote, in the course of a somewhat varied career, I have only met one woman who appreciated cheese. This quality in her seemed to me so deserving of reward that I did not hesitate to acquire her hand in marriage. End quote. Another writer has said that only gourmet among women seem to like cheese, except farm women and foreigners. The association between gourmet and farm women is borne out by the following urgent plea from early Italian landowners. Ai contadini non far sapere quante è buono il cacio con le pere. Don't let the peasants know how good are cheese and pears. Having found out for ourselves, we suggest a golden slice of taleggio, stracchino, or pale gold bel paese to polish off a good dinner with a juicy Lombardy pear or its American equivalent, a Bartlett, let us say. This celestial association of cheese and pears is further accented by the French. Entre la poire et le fromage, between the pear and the cheese. This places the cheese after the fruit as the last course, 
in accordance with early English usage, set down by John Clark in his Parimiologia. After cheese comes nothing. But in his epigrams Ben Jonson serves them together. Digestive cheese and fruit there sure will be. That brings us back to cheese and pippins. I will make an end of my dinner. There's pippins and cheese to come. Shakespeare's Merry Wives of Windsor When should the cheese be served? In England it is served before or after the fruit, with or without the port. Following the book of carving, in modern spelling, we note, when it was published in 1431, the proper thing, after meat, was pears, nuts, strawberries, whortleberries, American huckleberries, and hard cheese. In modern practice, we serve some suitable cheese like camembert directly on slices of apple and pears, gorgonzola on sliced banana, hablé, spread on pineapple, and a cheese dessert tray to match the lazy loo, with everything crunchy down to crackerjacks. Good, too, are figs, both fresh and preserved, stuffed with cream cheese, kumquats, avocados, fruity dunking mixtures of pineapple cheese, served in the scooped-out cask of the cheese itself, and apple or pear and provolone, creamed and put back in the rind it came in. Pots of liquored and wined cheeses no end, those of your own making being the best. Champagned Roquefort or Gorgonzola Half a pound mellow Roquefort Quarter pound sweet butter softened A dash cayenne Three quarters of a cup of champagne With a silver fork mix cheese and butter to a smooth paste Moistening with champagne as you go along Using a little more or less champagne According to consistency desired Serve with the dimitas and cognac, offering, besides crackers, gilt gingerbread, in the style of Holland Dutch cheese tasters, or just plain bread. After-dinner cheeses suggested by Phil Alpert are From France, Port Salut, Roblochon, Coulommier, Camembert, Brie, Roquefort, Calvados try it with a spot of Calvados apple brandy. From the U.S., Liederkranz, Blue, Cheddar. From Sweden, Hable Crème Chantilly. From Italy, Taleggio, Gorgonzola, Provoloni, Bel Paese. From Hungary, Cascaval. From Switzerland, Swiss Gruyère. From Germany, Kümmelkäse. From Norway, Getost, Bontost. From Holland, Edam, Gouda. From England, Stilton. From Poland, Warszawski Sir. End of chapter 8